Worship him in the four winds of heaven. In the blood of Jesus. Let angels attend to you and heal you and raise you up. Mount on wings as eagles. <laughs> Let every believer mount on wings as eagles and soar. Angels, we need your help today. Raise us up in the salvation of Jesus. Thirty seconds. <laughs> this joy is incredible. Thank you, Jesus. Let the fresh oil of joy be poured out on all your heads today. I found one thing in Scripture to be true. That's simply all of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the more you're dissatisfied with your humanity the more opportunity to be satisfied with his divinity hallelujah you can be happy with the Holy Ghost and not even be frustrated with yourself or with others because you're overcome with Jesus Christ that's what living in the awe of God or the restoration to the fear of the Lord is. It's being overwhelmed, overcome on God so that you can't be distracted by external things. Even your own external self or your feelings or emotions. Listen, man. At no point in salvation do you suddenly qualify yourself. It's simply growing in Christ, and Christ himself is the substance of grace. 
Now the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. <laughs> and when you know it, you show it and you glow it. And then you really, really know it. And you realize, maybe I didn't know it so deeply as I thought before. Because I'm going to go deeper than ever before into a greater glory, a greater fruitfulness of the Word of God, which bears forth in us a new heavens. There is a new heavens within you that will materialize all around you. Now, shining like the sun in the kingdom of our Father is the promise for Jesus' companions who do His will unto the end. And what's the end? The end of yourself. The end of your labors and His labors co-laboring with us. To be a co-laborer with Jesus Christ means to yield your bodies to the power of God that created the heavens and the earth effortlessly. God did not demonstrate effort in creation. You know, everything God does is easy. That's what the Bible says. And nothing is too hard or is hard for God. The Bible says it. Now, we all know from experience that a lot of things are hard for ourselves. It's really hard to be perfect. It's, in fact, impossible. The disciples were astonished by the Lord Jesus Christ's teachings, and they said, This is impossible. Who can do this, Lord? For it was a very, very difficult teaching. Jesus made his teachings so impossible that men that were set apart for God's service were saying what he was teaching cannot be done. Now, God can do it. God is faithful to do it. God has limited his gospel to angels. Now, you're one of them. If you're born again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you're a new creature. Same word there for living creature around his throne as the new creature in Christ. Which means born again, a new creature of his throne. The issue is the mind is not renewed how to act, how to speak, how to have any kind of new behavior and all these different things that go along with being a new creature. It's being entirely spiritual effortlessly. The issue is when you're born again, you're pulled through your senses in every natural direction. The Bible makes it easy for you. All that is in the world is lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh works like a black sun, like black light in the center of the flesh of your heart. That's where you need circumcision of heart. Anyone not circumcised of heart will operate out of lust of the flesh automatically because it's in everyone's flesh. So you daily get into the Word of God to remove that black sun, that lust of the flesh from your heart 
that's in the world. Amen. You can be in the world, which is being a heart, but not be of the world, which means having a different heart. As it is written, I will put a new heart in you. A new heart. You have a new spirit. You're born again of spirit and water, which means you have new water and you have new spirit. You're not of the poison water. You're not of the swamp water. You're not of the sewage water. You have a clean conscience. You're born again. Now, sharing that nature with your soul is everything. How do we share the divine nature with our soul? And He, the Bible says, He restores our souls. Psalms 23. He prepares a table before my enemies and he restores our souls. How? Through feasting in front of enemies. That's what the Bible says restores your soul. That you feast in front of enemies. Now your enemies are demon spirits. Your enemies are Satan and his angels. Your enemies are sin, transgression, and iniquity. And you got millions of enemies. You got all kinds of stuff below and above that hates you because you're born again. Once you're born again, the devil's entire mission is to try to kill, steal, and destroy all the inheritance of being born of God and cut you off from the inheritance that's in Christ. Co-heirs with Christ He wants the inheritance of anyone born again because it's a huge inheritance. What is the inheritance? Everything that belongs to Jesus when he came to earth and died in the cross and ascended on high. And if you read Colossians, it says the entire universe. The entire universe. All nations are in his inheritance. Everything in it. All wealth is his inheritance. All souls are his inheritance. Everything, every star, every sand, Abraham's promises are the inheritance of those in Christ. And you are Abraham's children through faith in Jesus Christ. So it's huge. It's far beyond anything you can expect, imagine, or pray for. The issue is being joined to Christ and sharing in his nature which is determined by angels, watchers, how much of a portion you get of Christ's inheritance. <clears throat> Truth in you. The Bible says not every portion is the same. To one he gave one talent, one portion. To another he gave two. To another he gave five. These are portions of grace. These are portions of inheritance of the divine nature. What does the Bible say? To whoever is given much, much is required. Truth. So God has given us a lot. God's given you a lot, whether you think so or not. You got him inside. Christ in you. You can't get much anything better than that, than God himself inside you. What's the key now? Realizing Christ and then renewing your soul to be like a dwelling place, a temple for Christ in you. And it's not easy because everything's against you. You're tempted in every direction every day. You often are fought by sinners in every direction. You're fought by the cares of the world. 
plus you have your own junk that you're dealing with. So the odds are stacked against you. The Bible says in this world you're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. So each step of the journey, no matter what you face, is to make you more clinging and more dependent on Jesus Christ. Clinging. It's a term for being married. You cling to him. You're married to him. Amen. Being codependent on Jesus is absolutely biblical. Being codependent on anything else is idolatry. But when we're dependent on Jesus, we make God number one in our hearts. Amen. It's a simple gospel, but it unfolds all of his dynamic wisdom. The issue is to make room for him on the inside. Daily. Offering your temples wide to God daily as burnt offerings in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Why do we need to daily work at the altar as priests of our God? Because we are offering our hearts and our minds fresh to Him every day because that's the purpose of our life on earth. The test of your life on earth is to see how you will do as a priest to God. You're a royal priesthood. Truth anyhow. A nation set apart for God's will. What's your mission? To learn how to serve God in those bodies and with those bodies. First and foremost, you come into faith in Jesus Christ. Secondly, you learn His food. Jesus had a special diet. It wasn't vegan. It wasn't vegetarian what his diet was to do the will of his Father in heaven. You will learn through what you suffer, dealing with your own humanities, that only doing God's will feeds the new creature. Otherwise, the flesh remains strong and the spirit remains weak. Paul said, when he was a young apostle, I preached to you in the infirmity of the flesh at the first, Galatians 4.24. Which means, I was weak in spirit. That's what it says in Romans 7 as well. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. How do we get the spirit strong and the flesh weak? You can only get your spirit stronger than your flesh by eating God's will. God's will is a daily bread. It's a food. The new creature has to eat. Now, the new creature is a lot different than the old creature. In fact, Scripture says it's altogether different than what you were previous to being born again. Which means if you don't eat this food, you remain at that same size as the day you first believed in Jesus. And your size in Christ, your stature. Stature is a term used to measure the strength and size of your eternal spirit. We need our spirit to grow into full spiritual stature. Which means no more limitations of the human being. No more limitations of our culture, our name, our bank account. Our family, our friends, our region, our city, our nation, 
the natural realm limitations are removed from you when you are in a stature of your spirit that's bigger than your flesh, bigger than your brain. Ministries Worldwide International. We need our spirit to be constantly bigger than our brain. If it's not, we're submitted to the flesh and our faith remains small. Jesus Christ was constantly measuring everyone's faith around him. He said to one Israelite, you have small faith. How is your faith still so small? How are you still dull of hearing? Why do you not believe? You've been with me this long and still you have small faith, he said to the disciples. But to other ones, he said, such great faith I have not seen in all of Israel. He was measuring their faith in the invisible working of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As your mind is renewed, what is the evidence to renewed mind? Trusting in the invisible God. Walking in the invisible as if it were visible. God wants you to develop your faith to constantly trust Him in all things. And you're tested every day. You're offered temptation against faith. Sin is practicing unbelief. Righteousness is practicing faith. And the righteousness of God in Christ is faith that shifts the mountains. Amen. The faith of Jesus could shift society. The faith of Jesus shifted time. B.C. A.D. The very coming of the Messiah was so great when God's faith took up residency in a Jewish man's body, born in the flesh. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. It shifted everything. It ended the sacrificial system of Judaism. It did. Even amongst those who didn't believe in him, they no longer brought the sacrifice of bulls and rams and goats. It shifted all religion. It shifted the heavens. Wise men watched the heavens shift. They followed the stars in the sky. They watched the earth shift. It shifted economy. They watched the shepherds with the sheep grazing the pastures. They came and worshiped Messiah. It shifted all businesses. It shifted kingdoms. Now Herod is focused on fighting this other king. But he's only a baby. What's different about this baby? He has the faith of God in a human form. That faith always changes things. God has given you His measure of faith. It's not something you muster up. It's not something you work yourself up into a frenzy. It's not fake energy. It's God. God is a spirit of faith. When God is dwelling in you, you have different belief systems. Amen. And you will grow in it until you have a dominion over everything. 
It's not just a blind faith where if I go and do this, that, and the other thing, Jesus Christ said about that, it is written, test not the Lord your God. So not everything that calls itself faith is actually faith. It can just be the human being not understanding what faith is. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, which means there's a language that goes along with the power that shifts everything. It's not just a belief system in the head. It's a language that renews your entire person. If faith comes by hearing and faith is measured by what you're hearing, your faith will vary person to person by how much you're hearing and mixing it with the language of God. When God speaks, he imparts faith. When angels come and minister, they come with the faith of the word of God that they received from their creator. Amen. And now when you receive the angel's word, for the angels minister that word, which is your salvation. When they minister the fresh daily word into your hearts, it's an impartation to walk by faith. What does it mean to not be by sight? It means to not use human reasoning or human senses. If you're in your own reasoning, if you're in your own senses, you're in unbelief. You're in the wide path of destruction. The Bible says, if we are out of our minds for Christ's sake, then we are in the Spirit for Christ's ecstasy, for Christ's angelic heavenly glory. Ecstasy is what the Spirit feels In the joy of the Lord, every time you're strengthened in faith, there is an impartation of the realm of angels. This realm in scripture is called the realm of ecstasy. Now, there are all kinds of ecstasies. Anybody who practices great faith will live in ecstasies all the time. But are we to seek ecstasies? No, we are to seek the circumcision of the lust of the flesh and the byproduct will be the possession of God in our souls. And the Bible says, at my right hand are ecstasies forevermore. What do we seek? We seek the formation of God in us by the sword of his mouth. You cannot have the pleasures of his right hand and cling to the self-nature. You will prostitute the glory of God. You will separate Shekinah from Creator. You know, that's what the greatest adultery is of the whore of Babylon in the Bible, is the separation of Shekinah from the Creator. Amen! So that we could be dwelling in the things of Shekinah, the charisma of Shekinah, and not even intimately know him through the circumcision of our hearts. God wants us to know him better. And the outpouring of your heart will be the heavens made new in you. Now, if you grow in the word of God, you grow in the ability to create. 
Jesus's mission, he said, the scriptures have said to you, you are God's Hebrew word, Elohims. What is an Elohim? The Bible equates being a child of God to being a God, an Elohim. And he doesn't want you to perish like human beings. He wants you to live like Adam and Eve without a fall in a resurrection and life as a living, God-breathing person of his glory, connecting the things of light to the light being. Amen. Hallelujah. Now the light being that's written, Hebrews 1 verse 3. God is a light being and Jesus is the exact representation of the invisible God, the outraying brilliance, the brilliance of the light being. What is light being? The Shekinah being. Woo! So what's the purpose of light? If it's used for anything else other than our Father, it's prostituted. That's right. The human being takes the light that comes down. For The Bible says that every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of lights. So everything that comes from God in the heavens, even old heavens, in the earth, even old earth, is lights. Now there's black lights, there's red lights, there's pale lights. There's yellow lights, there's green lights, there's white lights, there's bright lights, there's dim lights. The lights of the heavens are one type of light, and the lights of the earth of the human being, the plant, and the animal are different lights, Romans says in the Bible. Which means when you get into God, you get into every kind of light that exists even darkness is called a type of light in the bible the only way we're going to have enough wisdom to discern spirits in these days to determine antichrist that comes as the guise of christ is if we have the wisdom of all lights okay Starlights he called good the fourth day in Genesis 1. Right? That's what the Bible says. The heavens that he created, day one, he called it good. When he created Adam and Eve on the sixth day, he said, it is very good. Because in Adam and Eve, he had his image as light of light. There was a dominion light, a different light, an authoritative light over all the other lights, even all the lights of the angels. God has given us his son Jesus Christ into our hearts to understand lights. In fact, wisdom builds seven pillars of what in our hearts? Lights. And you have received the sevenfold Holy Spirit into your heart. What is that? All the light of creator. Now what are you dealing with? Sorting out black lights, pale lights. There can be dead lights in you. Remember Golem leading Frodo through the swamps? What does he say? 
don't go down into the lights. What? There was dead lights. Now, Satan appears as an angel of light. What kind of light do the fallen angels have? You know it's true. Dead lights. Beware that there's no dead lights in you. God wants fresh, radiant, Shekinah, brilliant light in us, through us, constantly. You need it. Without it, you'll practice sin by default by simply not having enough light of the word of grace working in your spirit, working in your heart, working in your brain, working in your eyeballs. Hallelujah. Scales can come off your eyes progressively. There's a circumcision of our eyes to see light. God wants us to see light. He is the light of lights. In your light, the Bible says. What does the Bible say? In his light, we see light. There is a light that gives you the ability to see. What's Enoch's testimony? God opened his eyes. Now he had eyes before, but he was blind. At age 65, scripture says, God opened the eyes of Enoch. We need our eyes open right now. Not the eyes that were opened when you were born of flesh. Jesus Christ called that blindness. He says, if you're led by the flesh of your eyes, it's blind leading the blind. And in his gospel, he says, you're better off gouging your eyes out than seeing by that spectrum of light alone. Jesus called that spectrum of flesh eyes blindness. That kind of blindness is what tunes into the apostolic grace and condemns it and attacks it and slanders it and doesn't understand it, having eyes that see, but never perceiving, ears that hear, but never understanding. Otherwise, they would come into a repentance. What is the repentance? Opening our eyes to have the vision of God. What is God's vision? Well, you can call it Ophanim. He has an entire species of created angels that are eye vision seeing angels and they're the ones helping you to see god doesn't do one thing in the bible genesis to revelation without angels loose the ophanim into your hearts loose the ophanim into your mind there's actually a time where you will come in your faith as you mature in christ where you will doubt your eyes and you'll doubt your ears, you're going to face all kinds of lying mirages. Now, Satan tempted the Messiah through all his senses. We have three recorded temptations in the wilderness when the Holy Ghost led Jesus to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. So don't think the Holy Ghost is going to lead you to some patty cake club. The Bible says, if you're following the Holy Ghost, He leads you to the devil. Why? Because the only way you ever be an overcomer is through Egypt. Now, false Christianity that's based on an external discipline of the flesh and not by faith, but it's just some kind of religion, doesn't lead you through Egypt. It builds up camp in Egypt. 
Why? Because it's religion. Religion is Egypt. Religion is humanity's Egyptian building like the pyramids. We build pyramids and we say, oh God, bless the work of my hands. God calls them sandcastles. We're fascinated with sandcastles down here. Man and woman's building has no eternal value. Unless the Holy Ghost builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. We need more of you, less of us. We want to participate with eternal building. That's the definition of the apostolic. And you're all apostolic people if you're allowing the Holy Ghost to build his kingdom in your hearts. And his kingdom is built by scripture upon scripture, precept upon precept, line upon line, word upon word. God is building up his kingdom through his scripture breathed into you with angels. Now the Bible says he will build you up on the wings of eagles and you shall soar through the heavens. How do we get so built up by the scriptures that we're no longer in the human, in the animal, in the beast, in the earthly, in the Egyptian, but we're in the angelic, we're in the heavenly, we're in the celestial. We're in a higher realm with the holy angels. And Enoch gained the testimony that he was with the angels. He went from being down on the earth to being up in the heavens in the body. One day he just walked with God and was not. Realize that? He had a body on earth, but his inner man, his spirit and soul were with the angels. That's written in Philippians 3.11. Every single one of you can walk like Enoch right now. It's simple. It just means internal resurrection and getting all the doubt out of your hearts, getting all the lust out of your hearts, getting all the doubt out of your brains, getting all the lust and pride out of your brains. If you allow the Word of God to cut you with the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit shall increase through the sword. Where we miss it is we stop using the sword in the temple. We stop offering sacrifices. We come to a place in God where we put our swords down and we come up with doctrine saying, oh, circumcision's a one-time deal. The sacrificial offering is in the altar of your heart. If Christ is in you, you can bring more offering through the altar of your heart daily with the sword of your mouth. Even God's Word is written in your spirit, which means your spirit has a sword. There's an altar in the born-again spirit to offer the entire spirit world. That's right. Taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, look in your hand. Where is this? It's a spirit sword. What is it? Scripture. Scripture is the sword of the Lord. It's the sacrificial high priest offering device that takes something and kills it and burns it to God as a fragrance holy and acceptable to Him. Every day we take areas of spirit, soul, and flesh. This is what makes us the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, It's good for nothing and tossed out to be trampled under feet. 
What does it mean? A person that stops using the sword of the Lord, the word of God, in their own spirit, in their own soul, in their own flesh. They get dull real quickly. God doesn't use a dull blade. That's why people that are pacified and no longer sharp in the spirit are never used of God. God is spirit. And those that are worshipful towards God have to be in the sharpness of his razor blade spirit every day. And he will use you to the measure you allow him to stay sharp in you. Now you can dull your blade. That's why the Bible says iron sharpens iron. As a friend sharpens a friend. And Jesus said in the red letters, And you are my friends if you obey my commandments. Then he said, No one loves me unless they obey my commandments. Now the Bible says his commandments were a sword of his mouth. Anyone that obeys Messiah's commandments allows the sword of his mouth through his prophets and teachers, apostles, pastors, evangelists, fivefold, and through anyone circumcised of heart. But the, the job of the fivefold is to be a sharp sword of the mouth to keep the body sharp in the spirit of faith, to not get dull, to not get complacent, to not get distracted. To not get deceived. Oh! How do people get deceived? They no longer allow the word to cut them. They say, oh, I'm good in my flesh. I'm good in my brain. Believing in Jesus is good, good enough for me. I know if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven. That ain't good enough. God didn't just die so he had fire insurance. He wants to transform you into the likeness of the Son of God in your personality. So when you speak, it thunders. Amen! He wants angel power to be in the voice of many waters. Because it's not mixed with human waters, which is the sewage of the mouth of the red dragon. What is trying to be swallowed up in the revelation of Jesus Christ? The Son of God and the red dragon stood there to eat him up. What is the Son of God? The Word of God. So what's trying to be swallowed up by the enemy in your life? The sharpness of God's Word into a dullness of what? What does it mean to be a people pleaser? The very definition of being apostate is to be a people pleaser. It means that the Word of God is swallowed up by the red dragon. Red dragon representing human flesh. The old Adamic flesh became the body of red dragon. That's why you need to be the body of Christ and not the body of old dead Adam, not old dead Eve, but the body of the ever-living indestructible Christ. Do you understand? The sharpness is to keep you separated from that which is unholy. What is unholy? The Bible tells you unholy is the human the human spirit that pretends to be divine. The human mind that rejects renewal. That gets offended by all the things of the sword of the mouth of God and the sharpness of any prophet that's not watered down. 
They should always be confronting sin, lukewarmness, dullness in every area of our life and making us sharper. Otherwise, they're not doing their job and they're not standing in their God-appointed offices. Can you imagine the fivefold in their offices with no compromise? You would have a crystal clear image of perfection every day in Christianity. You don't have that down here. The lukewarm spirit is the spirit of Antichrist. Lukewarmness is always trying to dull you down, calm you down, make you less controversial. And it's not about offending people. Jesus Christ is the rock of offense. It's not a human offense. That's sin. But human Christianity and human divinity is blasphemy and sin anyhow. So, you know, God does give credit if people are trying to press in, zeal without knowledge, even though it's strange fire. Hey, don't get rid of the zeal. Just give them knowledge. Zeal with knowledge, which is revelations that come by circumcising of the sword of his mouth, for his mouth will whisper secret secrets, mystic mysteries of the deeper things that indwell his very thought life. His person is full of thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Well, the Holy Ghost has filled our hearts with the inner high thoughts of the living God. So when we are quiet before him and not full of ourselves, we can hear mysteries. That's how the prophet gets the daily bread that feeds the whole body of Christ. That's how the special messengers, the sacred set-apart apostles of God, get the special daily bread to feed the body of Christ. They get it because they're listening, not inside themselves, but in the Holy Spirit because they've allowed the sword of the Lord to cut back their human nature. Anyone who allows the sword of his mouth to terminate the human being will hear accurately God's voice. My sheep hear my voice. What is the sheep? One who sheared. What does it mean to be someone's sheep of a shepherd? It means that you're sheared by the shepherd. If you haven't allowed him to be sheared, you're not a sheep. You know when you bring out the shearing scissors, you really separate who are his sheep and who are Satan's sheep. Satan has sheep. The religious devil has sheep. The rebellious spirit has sheep. Amen? Everyone's a sheep down here. That's what the Bible says. The only thing that's different is who are you allowed to shear you? You're getting sheared by drugs and alcohol. You're getting sheared by religion. You're getting sheared by television from news sources. You'll be sheared at your job. You'll be sheared by something in this life. Might as well be the great shepherd of the sheep because Jesus is the only one that cares for us. But if you don't allow him to shear you, and it's not just about having dominion over your money and finances and your time and all that, it's allowing him to groom you and change you to feed you and guide you. He's got a shepherd's crook in his hand. What does the Bible say? Revelation 7, 17, The great shepherd shall lead them to the springs of the waters of life. There he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Why? 
because he'll give you crystal water. He'll give you the water of the Garden of Eden. Oh, and Jesus shares you. You are allowing him to change you with the substances inside the Great Shepherd. And there is remarkable evidence of everyone who is shepherded by Jesus Christ. They will have crystal faces. They will, they'll have crystal hearts. If you don't have a crystal heart, obviously, he's not shepherding you. Right? Right. Why? The ones shepherded by him have the crystal water. That's what the Bible says. The ones that are not being steered by him have murky, muddy water. They're still blind leading the blind. They've been around five years, but their heart's still not crystal clear. Why? Because they're sinning all the time. They're allowing demons to shepherd them. They're allowing all kinds of carnal pleasures and delights of the flesh and covetousness, which is greed and lust and religious pride to shepherd them. The Bible says, Anyone who's shepherded by Jesus Christ is led to the living waters and taught how to drink. <laughs> and your faces will show who you're drinking. The Apostle Paul, apostolic doctrine of the Lamb, said that everyone is revealed in their God by the cup they're drinking. You show your gods on your faces. You know that? Now we want to repent and drink only the cup of the great shepherd. You understand? That cup is called a well. That cup is called a place where you're guided to. Which means your mind has to be available and humble, humble-minded, which is meekness, in order to be guided by someone else, not yourself. A man under authority. Truth. 20 years I was guided by men that God put in my life until he says, now you can guide. You can guide. You're still submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ. You're in a heavenly Sanhedrin. You have accountability all around you. You're with elders. You're with angels. You're with people knowing the deep, intimate secrets of your heart and mind. You remain clay in the potter's hands. You remain open. It's not like, oh, now you're just perfect and now you can go off and become some super leader, which a lot of ministries do that if you haven't noticed. <laughs> we need 24 elders, which means people that are always shepherded by Jesus Christ, which is guided by the thoughts of his heart. Your very mind and your senses and your eyes and your feelings can be guided by the great shepherd. What am I going to do today? What am I going to do this year? Whatever the great shepherd leads me in. And if I'm not hearing clearly, I'm malnourished by not eating and drinking what the shepherd's providing. Oftentimes, too, you get stubborn sheep that says, I'm not going to eat from this pasture. I'm leaving the sheep pen. And the sheep leave. And they have... They don't like the shepherd for some reason. He tells them to eat something that they don't want to digest into their spirit. Some word that is uncomfortable to the conditions of their flesh and the comfort zones of their own brain and culture. 
and covetousness. You're going to butt heads with all kinds of lice. You know, sheep have lice. Sheep have flies. Sheep have bugs. You have to debug sheep, which means all the influence of the world will come upon everyone that follows Jesus Christ. And only a shepherd knows how to debug the sheep. He wants to raise up mature ones who've constantly debugged themselves from lies that they can start to help to debug others from lies. Get the bugs out of their heads. Get the bugs out of their fleeces. Amen. And then come drink some good water that has no lies in it. What makes the great shepherd's water crystal clear and sparkling? The truth! The truth that produces the freedom of the Shekinah glory of living inside Jesus. In his body, there is fullness of joy. Now, you can stay in his body. Now, part of your spirit, if you're born again and saved, is in the body. How many of y'all know you've noticed other parts that are not in the body? So the dead parts of you are being removed by shepherding. That's true. Shepherds will take the dead parts out of their heads, out of their wool. They'll remove them from bad, poisonous grass sometimes. There'll be whole pastures that'll be poisoned by something. When Moses was shepherding Israel in the wilderness, they came to poisonous waters, bitter waters that if anyone were to drink it, they were to die by the poison waters, the waters of bitterness. But he threw a stick into the poison waters and they became drinkable. The evidence of someone shepherding flocks is they keep the waters clear. And the enemy, all he tries to do is muddy the waters. The Bible says the Old Testament is profitable for wisdom and we need wisdom to save our souls after we're born again. The whole purpose of growing after being born again, coming into saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, is to grow in divine wisdom that's first of all pure. Wisdom that comes down from God that's first of all pure, then peace-loving, peacemaking. It produces the peace of God that passes understanding in our hearts. Wisdom produces heaven on earth. You'll have exactly the measure of the third heaven in your hearts as the measure of wisdom that you've allowed to change your mind. Now, why are people just dull? They're called simpletons in Proverbs. Other translations call them idiots or stupid. It literally says that, guys. What does it mean to be wrong? It means to refuse the wisdom that comes down from God. A sheep that no longer will eat the food of the great shepherd. Now, oftentimes we come and start buddying heads with shepherds along the way, and we go and find other shepherds. Or maybe a shepherd's no longer feeding us. We feel as if maybe we've outgrown them. They can't feed us a stronger meat for a better fleece to be sheared for God's fa- Father God's kingdom. It's true. Now there is all kinds of covetousness that we often have fleeced out of us 
as we're shepherded. Now, every season, we get completely sheared, which means the old goes and the new comes forth. It's a term in the scripture for better soil and better fruit. Your fruit goes from glory to glory or you're not walking with the master, which means we're not producing baby little blueberries or baby little strawberries. Now they're much larger because the water is clearer. The humanity of the soil that is foul ground is plowed by the ox of God and has become sweet soil of a heart that receives the word of God and desires to bear forth its fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. We always want 100-fold. Usually, we don't pay the price for it. 100-fold means there's no human mixture. 100-fold means something that comes out and it's perfect. Bible says it's very rare. It's usually a 30-fold, 60-fold, or good or acceptable. Then it has to be put through fire for God to receive it as sacrifice. God never receives anything from his sons and daughters on earth except through fire. Fire. Perfect God only receives perfection, and there's perfection if the origin of the seed in our hearts came from him alone. Oftentimes, it's mixed with some of our humanity. And we're working that part of us out every season by being sheared by Jesus Christ. And the angels are often the ones doing this work. The angels, the Bible says, removes the tears from our hearts and our minds. They remove the rocks. How do you inherit salvation? Angel work is exactly what the Bible teaches. The Father is a vine dresser. Is the Father himself down here? Yes, through his angels. Clearly biblical. Is the Father just down here individually working with all of us without angels? No, not at all. The Father is present pruning us through his holy workers, the holy angels. Now we need to give the holy angels some room to work in us. It's true. You can be vulnerable before the angels, which is by having your heart bore before them. Burying your hearts. What does the Bible say? Confessing everything before God and His angels. Not keeping any deceit in your heart, in your mind. No delusion. Believing no lies. As soon as they're revealed and brought into the light, confessing it one to another. And speaking a thing, decreeing a thing, so it can be established. What are you establishing? Salvation in the Word of God in your hearts and in your minds. You're establishing salvation by the angels who minister the daily bread. The angels come down and they litter all Israel with bread, with manna. They'd even give them quail. Strong meat for the mature is what it represents. It's redeemed in Christ. God wants to upgrade our diet so that we have a greater maturity. Why? To speak into our houses the Shekinah glory, creating a habitation that the Word fills and floods with God Himself. 
civilization will shake and quake when we become the true sons of thunder. Zebedee. What does it mean? Those that are living God's word. Those that are shepherded by Jesus. There can never be anyone who's constantly shepherded by Jesus Christ that won't eventually become a son of thunder. Sometimes it takes 14 plus 3 years in Arabia, and even then when Paul had 17 years consecrating his entire spirit, soul, and flesh for the apostolic works that God was going to use him to do, he said, at the first, when I began my apostolic ministry, I preached to you in the infirmity of the flesh. Which means, even those that have been sanctified at a chief apostle level for 17 years are going to have some carnality. Oh man, I tell you what, these things are so different than man's mind can fathom. These things are so different. God is so real in dealing with us. God can use people that are not perfect, but he's working through the areas where you have faith for him to work. God is spirit, so he's going to work through your spirit. If you give him more soil, how does God work? Through the word producing the fruit of the spirit. You make a garden for God to appear in the midst of you. Amen? You determine how much soil you give him. The Bible says that when a sower sows seed, it falls upon the soil of the human heart and bears forth 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold fruit. But sometimes there's rocks, cares of this world, there's weeds, there's lies, there's the seed of the enemy. Birds, enemies sowed these bad seeds and they choke up the soil. So the heart can't produce any more room for God to work through you. And people just pretend to be used in their heart and in their mind every single time they turn into something called externalists. An externalist is someone that doesn't know him. He said, depart from me, worker of iniquity. Iniquity is the externalism of coming in the guise of Christ. So the Antichrist spirit is the spirit of iniquity that can do all kinds of lying signs and wonders without good soil. It's just an external facade. Truth in here, Moses came as a stuttering fool. He didn't even have confidence. Who am I going to say is who sent me? I am, but I have no ability to talk. He said, what does the Bible say? Don't even prepare ahead of time, Moses. Don't even uh, prepare ahead of time, Christian. For when the time comes, the Holy Spirit will fill your mouth with himself. Holy Ghost come like an orb of light right inside your skull. You'd open up a whole, just fireballs. Oh, that ain't me. It's God. God always gets the glory. We're his temples. If we start to become the temples of ourselves through Christian education, don't think he gets the glory. If you're preparing ahead of time what you should speak, don't think he's getting the glory. You don't even need the Holy Spirit because you're so well Christian educated. Get a life. Repent. Make room for the bright morning star in your face. Amen. I want 
spontaneous combustion of today's bread that speaks a new fresh word from heaven. I can't stand to listen to human messages. I can't stand to listen to human prophets. I can't stand anything except when God comes in, possesses a person by grace through the blood of Jesus and begins to speak like a ball of fire. Amen. We need the spontaneousness of the faith of God. We're trying to prepare ourselves like good stewards. That's not being a good steward. You need to prepare yourself to walk on water. The only thing you can do is let God take you over and have room for his faith when he wants to use you every day. And you get consistent in letting your body be used by God and not yourself anymore. Now God can use you to do everything. 11 out of the 12 tribes in the Bible are used by God for God's business. The Messiah said, I'm about my father's marketplace business. That's what the Bible says. Wasn't he a priest? Yes, he's a preacher, but he was also into business. His business was establishing government. Jesus came to establish apostles which was the Roman term for government. What was the business of Messiah? Why preaching? Why teaching? Why demonstrations of power? Why driving out demons? To establish temples of the government of the God I am and his angel power that are the armies of his government. There is no kingdom without armies. The Bible says, You're as terrible as a host with banners. God is going to change you to be a host of banners, which is a body of the Father. Our job is to get undone from human religion and rebellion and to become spontaneous eruptions of Him at any time. Sometimes, no. Silent before your shearers. Not even saying anything. Not defending yourself. Justifying yourself. Not doing anything for self. It's all for the Father. You know, the better you are in shutting up about yourself, the more the Father will use use you for Himself, as it is written, the meek, which means to be controlled in your mouth by God. No one has ever tamed the tongue. It's the rudder of hell. Well... You can be tamed in your tongue by Jesus Christ. But it's gruesome and it's ugly. You rarely see a Christian who has a circumcised tongue these days. But it's available. If you allow your your tongue to be cut out of your mouth, not once, all the way down through your throat, into that pool of blood, for out of your heart your mouth speaks, which means he's going to do a work in your heart, right here in the center of your heart. He's going to chisel out all those other lights so the tongue is not speaking from any other cup, any other altar, any other God besides Jesus Christ be fully formed through the sword of his mouth in your heart. So then your tongue becomes accurate. Only then is the curse reversed and you live by the fruit of your lips and not the sweat of your brow. For if you are not circumcised of heart and of mouth 
and of tongue, you have no ability to speak the word of God to live by the fruits of your mouth. You are still living by the sweat of your brow under governors and tutors until the appointed time of maturity. What is maturity? Apostle Paul tells you learning how to talk. And we're offended by that because we got five years of college reading, writing, and arithmetic around here. We graduated from high school, Jesus. I got my good enough diploma. I can read good ministries. Amen. I can read gooder, more gooder and gooder. Every day I'm reading, writing, and arithmeticing. Amen. That's how we often are because we're so educated. God's education is foolishness to the wise, it is written. But the foolishness of God is wiser than all the education of the doctors of divinity and the rocket scientists. And it's not glorifying being dumb. God doesn't use idiots. He can't use dull dunces. He uses wise men who are circumcised of heart and mind of every other word but his own. It's called signing up for Word Academy. After you're born again, what do you do? You go and enter Word Academy. Otherwise, you never learn to talk and you're still under the curse your whole Christian life after you're born again. What's That would suck. Can you imagine? That's the standard down here. Super low. So, the University of Heavenly Jerusalem has professors, has rabbis of Jesus Christ. His body is given teachers or rabbis. Fivefold, it is written. How is the rabbi of heavenly Jerusalem helping you? By teaching you the word that costs you everything your heart and tongue can possibly utter. Amen. What does the Bible say? Do not be like the horse that needs a bridle or it will not come to you a stubborn donkey. Pastoring is often like goading donkeys because of the stubbornness of every other word working in us except today's daily word. When you are eating the daily bread that comes down, and this bread, if you study scripture, comes down upon entire regions. So you don't have 10,000 opinions in the Twin Cities. You have one. What's God's opinion for the daily bread of Minneapolis and St. Paul or New York or Miami or wherever you're at, Houston, Seattle, Los Angeles or Amsterdam or Tokyo. What does it matter? What's the point of the daily bread? Unity in the Word of God. And how do you get the Word of God? If you study the Scriptures, you go up the mountain. You go up the mountain to receive instruction of Torah New Torah, which is New Testament. Old Torah, which is wisdom. Truth anyhow. Up the mountain, Jesus received the instruction of God's word and then came on the mountain and taught the Israelites what God the Father was saying. The thing is, we haven't learned to go up the mountain of fire, which is Calvary within us, high enough to have the unity of the daily bread. Aaron's beard of the unity of the brethren. Where's Aaron in the Bible? On the mountain with Moses. 
receiving Torah, instruction of God's Word. Torah simply is Hebrew for the Word, the instruction of what God is saying today. If you are not in Torah, today's Word, you've never eaten the daily bread once in your lives. Nothing else can change you, rearrange you, resurrect you, help you, do nothing for you except the word that comes down from God. And the higher you rise in Calvary, the better your ability to teach it, to preach it, to help all the believers of Torah, believers of Jesus, which is the word of God. Jesus is the Torah of God. What does that mean? The Word! King of kings and Lord of lords is what? Revelation 19. Torah! Who's on the mountain? Moses and the Lamb. What are they singing and playing their harps to on Mount Zion? Overcoming the devil and sin and death? They're playing Torah as a musical instrument of new heavens. The word that created heaven is Torah. The word that's recreating it right now is our daily Torah. Our daily bread, our daily word. And you will instruct each other in the word. You will speak the word to each other all over the mountain. And it will scatter over the sand too. The higher we get in God's word on the holy mountain, even the scraps off this table will transform civilization. This mountain and this government of the mature ones is going to be a minority. Don't think it'll ever be a majority. 24 elders will always be a minority. They'll always be the one percenters. Jesus said the same thing. You're always going to have the terrestrial poor with you. But I am here to produce the apostolic. The mature ones who govern from the mountain in the celestial realms that have risen in the mountain of transfiguration. What has transfigured? The human worm into the divine angel. Into the divine nature. Into the light being, the being of Shekinah. The being of the uncreated light, the God I am that I serve you. This is what's transforming you. You are progressively bearing his image from glory to glory by eating and doing his word on the mountain. How do we be doers and not just hearers only? By taking this word in our mouths and like eagles spitting it into others. And this word is creative. It's called managers. Oftentimes when you are establishing things, you are not just the mouthpiece, but you are God's right arm. You are the hand of God, the body of God in this earth. Therefore, you are tested every day what you do in these bodies with the energy that comes from his heavenly word. He tests you, tests you in his feet. He tests you in your ankles, in your hips, in your shoulders, in your hands, and in your minds, in your senses, and in your eyes, in your ears, and in your bodies. 
you are being tested with all the energy that comes down. Bear fruit in keeping with righteousness, which means bring God a harvest of his word by doing the works of his word on the holy mountain. Listen, he has produced for himself a body of priests to his God. Jesus Christ has purchased from the earth priests unto his God. What were priests? Workers. That's all they did was work for God all the time. That's what makes you holy royal priesthood and a nation set apart for him. Which means in everything you do work unto the Lord and not for man. Then God can promote you in due season according to your works. What are the garments, white or pale, white or stained in the book of Revelation? The righteous works of the saints. What's working out of you? Salvation of the word of God is the word working in your hearts. You'll do mighty exploits. You'll do greater, what did Jesus Christ say? Works! Then these, because I'm going to my Father, John 14, 12. Working for the Father is the priesthood of the royal nation, heavenly, celestial Israel. If we're terrestrial, we're working often for ourselves. As we go up the mountain, we learn to work for God and not for self. This is how you rise from the dead. What's the Bible called? The works of the Holy Spirit. And if you read it, it's all men doing it. And some women. That's the fifth book of New Torah, New Testament, is all the works of God through temples consecrated through His Word. Now you can never do the works of God if you're doing the works of self. If you're even working for your own family's inheritance, you can never serve God. We work for the inheritance of storing up treasures in heaven, treasures in God. And the Bible says they will be a hundred times more than anything you could store up for your own families in the earth. A hundredfold in this life to whoever does the works of God and a hundredfold in the life that is always coming, constantly from God, presencing, coming, perusing from the river of life, which is his bloodstream that carries the blood that speaks the word of our daily bread. Do you know that the mountain gets the bread of his blood? Eat my flesh, drink my blood, otherwise there's no life in you, it is written. What does that mean? A word that consumes your brain. A word that consumes your whole thought life. That consumes your spirit, your soul, your feelings, your emotions. You can eat so much bread that you can't even think something that God's not thinking. You know, everyone that's thinking and doing something other than God on the mountain down here, it's because they're malnourished by not eating enough word. They usually hate the preachers whose food is the strongest. Why? It exposes their work as evil. Because they're totally deceived. John Paul Jackson said, The evidence of deception is offense. 
Every time you're deceived, you'll be offended by something from God. It's called a stronghold of pride. Now, Satan likes to build strongholds in our head to keep us dead. How do you tear down strongholds? By the Word of God! By humbling yourself and hearing a word that's higher than you. Take me to the rock that is higher than I, it is written. What is this rock? It's the rock of offense to humanity's words. And it will crush to powder all the human words, all the human opinions, all the human belief systems, all the human emotions and feelings that often are so manipulative and it's not just girls with their female feelings and emotions that manipulate. Guys do the same thing. They get aggressive, they get angry. Guys often use anger or intensity or brute brawling, that sort of stuff. They just go straight Neanderthal. Girls typically manipulate with crying, feelings, don't you feel bad manipulating with all kinds of feelings and emotions? It's all witchcraft. You know the human animal of the human being can only practice witchcraft except for the parts that the sword of the spirit has cut out the rebellion of witchcraft. Until there's enough witchcraft cut out of your hearts and minds that God's righteous word can come forth in fire with an accuracy of his nature, an accuracy of his personality, the personality of the word that never changes. The most rock-solid word the Bible says that sustains the lights of the stars of the heavens. There's a rock-solidness in creation. All creation longs for the Word of God. What? To be restored to its former glory. But it's there being sustained by the Word. So what's the difference of the Word sustaining it and the Word recreating it? You and I getting on the threshing floor and allowing our human sin to be terminated through threshing. It's only through humanity transformed into divinity by the threshing floor the threshing sledge with teeth, which is the word of the ox of God that plows our hearts to make room for the word to bear forth his divine nature in our hearts. You have to choose how much soil of your human nature you're going to allow the ox to thresh. Oftentimes we get frustrated with ourselves. We come to an end of some area of our life where we're sick and tired of being sick and tired and we make more room for him because we come to a revelation of our human nature. We come to a revelation of there's nothing good in me except Christ and him crucified. Paul progressively had this revelation in scripture. He said, I'm the least of the apostles not even worthy to be considered apostle because I persecuted the saints. Then, in his last books, he's talking about being the worst of sinners. The worst of sinners. The worst of the apostles to the worst of sinners. It's a greater desperation because of a revelation of humanity. That there is nothing good in the human spirit in the human soul, in the human flesh. 
revelation is a progressive revealing of the nakedness of revelation 3 that the human being i don't care how christian you think you are blind pitiful poor wretched naked jesus christ red letters now he is your clothing he is your rich riches he is your holiness instead of your wretchedness now these are charismatic christians living in shekinah these churches in asia minor were traveled by all the apostles of the lamb of god they would have seen the dead raised the blind see the deaf hear jesus still said to them you're blind pitiful poor wretched and naked but they had all the revival stuff instead of the revivalist jesus formed on the inside which means it doesn't profit you anything to gain all the charismatic glories if you don't get the charismatic man jesus formed on the inside of your bodies it's all vanity vanity chasing after revival until christ be formed in you you're a flake truth you're a technon flake that's what the bible says until you're built on the rock of ages shifting sand flakes or solid rock jesus's have i not said you are christians jesus's that's what the bible says you can't get any more rock solid than being a jesus christ on the inside that's god's plan for all your lives getting there is the direction we take oftentimes by turning to the left religion turning to the right rebellion not going straight up like a tender shoot like messiah rebelling resisting conniving faking play acting making excuses self-promoting putting on charisma in the guise of being in right standing with god putting on the grace gifts putting on prophecy i've seen hundreds put on prophecy and still be goats doesn't mean you're mature gifts don't mean maturity jesus christ said gifts don't mean nothing i like the gifts we can use them if we're growing in god we need all the gifts working and operating otherwise we're not even baptized in the holy spirit the issue is moving on to more solid meat without the giver of gifts the father's not even formed in us and we miss the point of all the charismatic stuff having all the gifts operating in the earth would be apostasy in disobedience to the commandment of revelation 4 1 coming up here and living in the heavens where all the gifts fade away if you read the bible going up into the realms of god in the celestial realm standing in the angelic sphere with the overcomers ruling with him in the realm of the angelic sphere the realm of the sapphire stones for a thousand years we're in it we're teaching it this is how you get there this level of commitment god wants you to live in the rings of the poles of the ark of the new covenant which is not the types and shadows of moses and the wilderness today it represents the earth and the sand and the cross the poles lifting you up to be in the rings of the angelic spheres 
which are the realms of the principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions. I tell you the truth. They are the crickets, and we are the giants. I've tested this stuff while half the bodies sleeping in the sand, covering their heads with sand. I tell you the truth. We wake up the armies of the living God by the preaching and teaching of righteousness, raising a holy standard in these days. You will see the poles, and you'll be lifted up on the poles that carried the rings of the ark, and you will be in the heavens with the living God. You will be in the heavens with the archangels. You will make heaven your home, and the earth your footstool, says the Lord. And all vain labor of building by human ideas and opinions will burn out of you as you rise in the poles of the rings of the last day ark, which is the very throne of our Father in heaven. The ministers of that throne are the manifesting sons of God. Manifesting sons of God is the job description of an ability of a work. It's a work of someone that uses the poles and the rings of Moses and Aaron, not in type and shadow, but in the realities thereof. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. I am ascending to your Father and my Father. Therefore, I am the resurrection and the life, and all who know me will be raised up in the resurrection, in the life, on the poles, What's the pole? It's your personal crosses and the measure of your humanity that God's requiring you to sacrifice today for a greater glory, for a greater faith than ever before. Living constantly from pole to pole, ring to ring, learning the higher things of the heavenly realms. Blessed are you who live in the heavens but woe to you who refuse to climb the poles and live in the rings of God's throne in the heavens, for you have chosen to remain on the earth. It reveals that you've rejected the cross of his blood, clung to the sands of your human times, and you will die like men in the sand, but God has not called you to live a human life. He's called you to the celestial, angelic, risen life of his Zoe quality of kingly, celestial, heavenly, divine life. He's prepared that for all of you. Heed the call. Rise on your poles. Die on your crosses daily. Doing the works of God being obedient to the heavenly commandment of God is how you rise on the poles. I know these poles will produce like seven great pillars to serve our God in heaven like a holy celestial menorah and all of the oil of the anointed one of the heavenly angelic sphere shall rain anointing down upon the earth so ferociously that it will melt humanity into a sea of glass. This sea of glass represents the harvest of the end times. They're not going to be harvested in human form, in sand form, like scorpions and snakes of Egypt, but from the manifest 
overcoming sons of God in the great wisdom of the luminaries, they shall melt humanity down below into a sea of humanity. Then the nations will be your inheritance and they shall serve the menorah of the seven spirits of God and you will be the mediators, the sons of God between the third heaven and the earth consuming the second heaven and everything in it fulfilling the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ brothers and sisters Amen Amen <laughs> Yes, yes, yes <laughs> Amen Father in heaven let this word be sealed in the spirit of the hearer let it be mixed with all kinds of energy, superhuman, dunamis power, that they might do great exploits beyond anything that's ever been done before. A greater word is a greater energy for greater works. Father, let your works appear through your word tonight, sown mightily from the heavenlies into every heart at the sound of my voice and your ability will come forth in them as a temple of glory to serve the great glory on the throne in heaven with all the lights you've given us we serve them for your light which is your glory in Jesus name teach us how to bring sacrifices and offerings of every area of our life to be better priests to you in finances, in time, in business, in relationships, in action, in voice, and in deed. Make us your perfect ones in whom you are well pleased by your word, by your spirit, by your water, and by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to sing the Lord's song over you tonight.
against 